Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. All right, let's get our Bibles out. We're on a series called Kingdom Culture. You may have heard of it. Been talking about it for at least two weeks now, something like that. And But here at the Rhodes, we love our Bibles. We get excited when we open our Bibles. So come on, Mount Carmel, Reed Rhodes family, North City. If you got them, let's open them up to Revelation 13. Woo! As Pastor Chris said so well, I encourage you, bring your Bible to church. I love my Bible app on my phone. It's great for me to search and find things, but I encourage you, bring your Bible. We want to see it. We want to highlight it. We want to write notes on it. We want to underline stuff. So bring it to Bible. Bring, your, bring it to Bible. Bring it to church. Yeah, whatever. Next, theme for today. I've only got a little bit of time today. So if I go a little bit over, it'll be all right. I got one right here. Anybody else? Anybody else? <laughs> a lot of people not raising their hands. I just want to point that out. <laughs> but I'm going to go through just the, here's the theme for the day and for next week probably. Will we bow to the beast? Will we bow? It's kind of a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer right now because you really don't have to answer right now. You get what I'm saying? You will have to answer someday. Will we, will we bow to the beast? All right, so let's look at this in Revelation 13. Something I need to reemphasize when we're studying Scripture, we're studying the Bible, especially when we're studying end times. I'll get this where I think as most people can see it. I don't know if you can or not, but... When we're studying the Bible, make sure we remember this kind of point of emphasis. The Bible is Jerusalem-centric, right here, then Israel-centric. You realize that Jesus never left this part of the world. His whole life, 33 and a half years, he stayed right here. Did he impact the world? Uh, yes. Never left. So it's Jerusalem-centric, then Israel-centric, and then it goes out a little bit further. It's Middle Eastern-centric. Your entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is focused, focused on this part of the planet. Most of your Bible was written or lived out in this area right here. So you see, when we read the Bible and focus on the Bible, we can't think about our perspective, Western world. We've got to think about this. Because then out that, the next layer out, so it's Jerusalem-centric, Israel-centric, Middle Eastern-centric, and then it goes out a little bit further. And these green countries that you see around it, these are all Islamic or Muslim countries that surround little bitty blue Israel right here. Israel's right here. It's a little bitty blue one. It's the only nation in all of these areas that is not Islamic. Now, there are Islamic people that live in Israel, but the nation itself is not a Muslim-led Islamic -led nation. So I wanted, to, I wanted to give you that picture so you can understand how we read Scripture. So let's go back and uh, start reading here in chapter 13. Let me see if I've got the right... Okay, good. This is working better than the first service. It was all user error, as always. <laughs> Revelation 13, verse 11. Are you ready? It says this. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. Okay, we got another beast. What is a beast? A beast is not an animal. 
A beast is not some weird creature. A beast is a king, a kingdom, or a ruler. So we see another ruler coming up. This one is coming up out of the earth. So notice in uh, this beast coming up out of the earth is more famously known as the false prophet. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit today, the false prophet. In Revelation 16 and 19, it refers to him as the false prophet. What does the false prophet mean? Someone who is going to be speaking uh, prophetic things or spiritual things, but they will not be inspired by God. And the importance for us to understand these things today is I believe the church is, uh, for the most part, ignorant of these things. I know I very much was. I did not know very much at all about the book of Revelation. I avoided the book of Revelation at all costs. And I thought, it doesn't really matter. It's no big deal. I'm going to heaven, so what does it matter? I believe it really matters because the book of Revelation is going to be played out right before our eyes. And it's going to be essential for the Christians to know what it's saying because God is giving us a map. And it's going to be important. So now, He's coming up out of the earth. Now, what does it mean he's coming up out of the earth? Does it mean like the false prophet is going to levitate right out of the dirt? No. The word earth there is a Greek word that's also used for land or region. So when it says this beast or this false prophet is coming up out of the earth, I believe he's speaking of, and again, I'll give all of this that I'm teaching today is my opinion. It's my interpretation of Scripture. You can study it out yourself. Do not believe me. Study for yourself. Study for yourself. It's important for you to know your Bible. So now, coming up out of the earth means coming up out of the land or the region. Notice in chapter 13, the verse 1, then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. What is the beast that was rising up out of the sea? It's the beast with seven heads and ten horns, the one we talked about here. And these, all these Uh, kingdoms represent the Gentile nations. All of these nations right here, if you would modernize, if you were to overlap these, the, the area of the globe that these countries covered currently, let's see if I can bring it up. Oh, unsupported. That didn't go well. (laughs) Hang on, I can fix it. Boom. There we go. So now, the areas that they country. So these are all Gentile nations. So in chapter 1, this kingdom rose up out of the sea, and it was a Gentile group of people. Why does that matter? Because when we study the Bible here, and it says, and I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. Sea, Gentile. Earth, Jew. So this false prophet that's coming up out of the earth, I believe, is going to arise out of the Jewish nation. He's going to come out of the people of Israel. And so you're like, wait a minute. Don't be saying a false prophet's going to come out of Israel. I thought we were for Israel. Has there ever been a false prophet that was Jewish before? Glad you asked. Acts chapter 13, verse 6. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. So here's a Jewish false prophet Right there in Israel. And how did Paul approach this false prophet in Israel? Verse 10, he says, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. So Paul runs into this guy who's a false prophet. And here's what he says to him. Was Paul being unloving? 
Was Paul being unkind? Was Paul being judgmental? I promise you, in our progressive culture, if I would speak this way about a person now, they would say, there, are no, there is no way you are being like Jesus. Jesus is loving and accepting and kind. There is no way they would say I was fine. They would say I'm out of touch. But Paul did not have any problem calling out evil directly when he needed to, even if it's in a human being. Why? Because his example was Jesus who had no problem calling out evil in a human being when he looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Can't be afraid to call out evil. We're not calling out people, but we've got to be ready. There are going to be some false prophets. This is what I'm concerned about in the body of Christ. There's going to be some false prophets. First John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but do what to the spirits? Come on, test them. Test them. Try them. Depend on your translation. Do not believe every spirit, but test them. This is why I say, test what I am saying. Read your Bible. Here's the biggest problem that's happened in the body of Christ over the last 25 years is they put all their faith in men or women of God and said, I'm following them. And they thought that was enough. I'll go to a great church. I'll go to a great church that has some great preaching. Yeah, I sit under that pastor. That, man, that's a, we, I got a great church. And so they don't study for themselves. They just hear good sermons. And so they don't know what they believe. They know what he or she believes. God is saying to us to instruct our people two things. That's what he spoke to me this week. Two things, Chad, I'm going to hold you accountable to. This is why some things have changed. People said, hey, something's different about you. I know. Because I'm sweating. <laughs> Teach them my word. Teach them to study and know my word. And number two, teach them the infilling and power of the Holy Spirit. Don't back up off of it. Don't blink. Don't flinch. My people need the Holy Spirit in the latter days. All right, so we'll get, move on. First Timothy chapter 4 says this. Now the Spirit expressly says, expressly, what's that mean? Distinctly, precisely, clearly, specifically, not ambiguous, not vague, not uncertain, but he specifically says that in the latter days, here's what's going to happen in the latter days, some will depart from the faith. You got to be in something to depart from it. So don't tell me that you can't depart from the faith. God said that it will happen. People will depart from the faith. Why will they depart from the faith? Because they will give heed to what? They will start listening to and paying attention to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. These, these are false prophets. There's going, this is not talking about at a satanic, satanic worship service. The deception is going to happen because there's going to be false prophets, false teachers that are teaching doctrines of demons. And they're going to be so deceiving that people will depart, they will leave the faith. That word depart, additionally means to abandon a cognitive position. I am hearing this all the time. Oh boy, this deconstruction of my faith, I'm just tearing it all apart 
and I'm rebuilding. I'm going away from some thoughts that I had. I was taught this way, thought this way. Now I'm just open to all kinds of new thoughts. Here's what I'm open to. I'm open to what the Bible says. You can call me whatever you want to call me, but hide and watch. Either what I'm saying is going to be fake and phony and I'll be thrown out and exposed later or it will be true. But let God be true and every man a liar. I want to follow what the Bible says. This is what he's telling us. That's, that's just, oh, so there's lessons. And we haven't even got through verse 11 yet. I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns. Two horns like a lamb. What do two horns represent? Two horns represent in the satanic culture, uh, the, the two, ho- two horned lamb or goat is a symbol of the occultic satanic worship. Two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. He's going to speak inspired by the dragon himself, Satan himself. So this false prophet is going to have two horns. What do those two horns represent? Horns, mm, horns, horns, horns. There they are. There are the horns. Horns represent authority. Hey. Be changing on me. I'm not showing that today. There we go. We'll, we'll see that next week. Horns represent authority. Why does he have two horns? Two things. These are very important. Write these down. Number one, the, the false prophet will have authority in the religious realm. He'll have religious authority. Number two, he will have authority in the political and governmental area. Two horns represent two horns of authority. That's what he's talking about here in the scripture. How is that significant? Remember in Revelations chapter 11, there were the two witnesses that's going to come and speak and then they're going to preach for 1,260 days or three and a half years. They're going to come during that time and they're not going to be able to kill them until it's time. And whenever uh, they come, so who are these two witnesses? Everybody has their different opinion on who the two witnesses are. Here's who I believe they are. Two witnesses, I believe they're going to be Moses and Elijah. Why do you believe that, Chad? Well, here's why I believe that. Because notice what it says in Revelation chapter 11 that it talks about if people try and kill them, they have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls. That sounds like something Elijah did. And it says they also have power to turn the water into blood and to strike the earth with plagues. That sounds like something Moses did. And when Jesus came down the Mount of Trans- or went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, who came to meet him there? Moses and Elijah. Elijah represents the religious authority of God. Moses represents the political and governmental authority of God. God is saying, I'm going to bring my two witnesses and my authority over the religious and political realm, and they're going to come against the false prophet who has the two horns. Again, my opinion, you can think something different. But here's what you need to understand. When Christians are told to stay out of current events and issues, they are being lied to by a religious spirit and a governmental spirit, political spirit. Mark chapter 8, verse 15, then he, Jesus, charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, religious spirit, and the leaven of Herod, political and governmental spirit. Speaking the truth is not politics. It is our responsibility as ministers of the kingdom of heaven to bring the culture of heaven into the culture of this world. So people are looking for hope. People are looking for answers. They're saying, who can I turn to? Who? Well, you can turn to Jesus. He's the one. He's the one. So we got to give them the truth. So now that's just verse 11. Let's go a little faster. Verse 12. And he, and he exercises, again, speaking about the false prophet. And he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth 
and those who dwell in it. Notice what he says. He causes the earth and those who dwell in it to do what? To worship the beast. Worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Notice what it says. Whose deadly wound was healed. So who's he causing to worship the, be- the first beast? He's causing those who dwell, who causes the earth and those who dwell in it. Who is the first beast? The first beast is what we found in Revelation chapter 13. That's the Antichrist. All right, so he causes them to worship the first beast. He had the seven heads and the ten horns. This one whose deadly wound was healed. Let me go one back, uh, back one more. I'm going back. I just want you to see. I'm going to the one about the mountains to our media team. Okay, the first beast is this beast right here. Seven heads, ten horns. This part, right, this uh, kingdom that they were worshiping, this first beast, this was the one where the seventh one, you'll know that the seventh beast, Ottoman Empire, died off after World War I. So he says he's going to cause them to worship the beast whose deadly wound was healed. That's not talking about an actual human being whose uh, deadly wound is healed. It's talking about a kingdom whose deadly wound was healed. So this Ottoman Empire was ruled at this time by a position, think about this, write this down, called a caliphate. C-A-L-I-P-H-A-T-E, caliphate. The caliphate is the religious or political leader of the Ottoman Empire or the nation of Islam. There's going to be a resurgence to bring back the position of the caliphate. And the false prophet will use political and religious power and authority to force and deceive people to worship this caliphate when he comes back. So now look who he's getting to worship them. I want to go back to this verse, 12. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth... And those who dwell in it, he causes the earth to worship. Causes the earth to worship. Who is the earth? Is he going to cause like the dirt to worship the Antichrist? What did we say the earth represented? We said the earth was the land, right, or a region. Here's how I believe. Here's how I interpret it. And you can study it out for yourself. He causes the earth or the land of Israel because the earth represents where he came, up out of, came out of. He causes the earth and all those who dwell in it. Notice he doesn't say those who dwell on the earth. He says those who dwell in the earth. When I read that, I'm like, wait a minute. He's not talking about people who dwell in the earth. That'd be like mole people. So, he, so he's talking about a region. He causes this land or this region and everyone who lives in this region to worship the beast. The, ant- the false prophet, the Antichrist, their goal is to go after this region right here. Remember, Bible, Jerusalem-centric, Israel-centric, Middle Eastern-centric. Why is that? Why are they going after uh, Jerusalem and Israel? Because the rest of these nations all around are already going to be serving the same God. They want this one right there, the only one that's blue, that's not in with them. They're going to go after Israel. Everything is about attacking and coming after Israel. It's not about Chicago. It's not about New York City. It's about right here. That's where he's after. So he's going to make all of them worship. He's going after them to to serve the beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now look at verse 14. And he deceives all those who dwell 
on the earth. Okay, now we're talking about a different group of people. Not those who dwell in the earth, but on the earth. So now the deception is going to happen for everyone. He's going to deceive, cause people to go astray by those signs which he has granted to do in the sight of the beast. Here's something that's important about the false prophet. He's going to perform some signs. What are they? I don't know what all they are. But the Bible's telling us he's going to perform some signs, and he's going to tell us here in a moment, uh, it tells, causes fire to come down from heaven. Even Yeah, there he is. It makes even fire come down from heaven in the sight of man. So he's, he's going to perform these signs, and these signs are going to deceive us because we're going to see these miracles, and we're going to go, wow, this has to be God because who else could perform these signs? But look what it says in Matthew 24, 24. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the... Why is this important? Some of this stuff gets a little heavy, but I'm telling you, church has been too light. People have been eating candy corn in church. And so this is how the body of Christ can be deceived because he's saying we will fall into the category of everybody that just believes what they see. The signs. But false Christs and false prophets will deceive even the elect. It's time for the church to go deeper. It's time to study this book and go, wait a minute, I don't want to be deceived. I'm not just checking a box and coming to a service or watching online. I'm going to study and get in this Bible because I don't want to be deceived. But that's his goal, to deceive those with the signs. Go on, look at the next part. Mm. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast. We don't know what that image is going to be. I think it's some sort of image pointing to the caliphate or the leader who's been resurrected because it says who was wounded by the sword and lived. I believe it's going to be something to do with the caliphate. I don't know what the image is. It could be a statue. It could be a symbol. I don't know, but he's going to cause people to make that. And look at verse 15. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So this image is going to be made. Where is it going to be made? I'm telling you, I believe it's going to be right here. I believe this is a focal point. Oh, good. (laughs) Are you saying we don't have to care? Yes, we have to care. Because the influence is going to be around the globe. The impact is going to start right here. But our allegiance to God and his chosen people will determine our level of deception. We have got to support. I don't care what your party is. We have to support this blue country because the heart of God is on Zion. So now let's look. He's going to give breath. I don't know what that's going to look like. Is this thing image going to actually talk? Is it going to have some kind of technology in it? I don't know that yet. That's not going to matter until it starts happening. The image of the beast will speak and cause as many. Look what's going to happen though. As many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. There's coming a day. Let me rephrase. There is a day right now. In this country right now, Afghanistan, you have to choose a side and your choice may cost you your life. Will that come to my town? I don't know. I just know it's going to get really hot right here. 
And it says there's going to come a time where they're going to say, it's time to worship the beast. It's time to worship the image. And in that moment, it's going to be a line in the sand moment for somebody. They're going to have to say, it's going to be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment. Strike up the band. Whenever you hear the music, you better bow. Well, I don't want to bow, but God knows my heart, so I'm inward. I'm not bowing inside. No, 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 no. No, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You got to be able to stand for what you believe for. You better start getting conditioned for it right now. Somebody better love you enough to tell you it's time to buck up and say, wait a minute. I'm going to stand for what I believe and what Jesus says. So they're going to come to that moment. And look at verse 16. He causes all, both small and great. Who's he? The false prophet. False prophet going to cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark. What's that mark? We don't know. A mark is just some type of symbol. It's a distinguishing mark. It's a certain Greek word I put there in your sermon notes. I don't know what the mark is, but I know where it is because the Bible tells us. Where's this mark going to be? On their right hand and on their foreheads. This is why I want to say some things very clearly. This is why I've been very clear about saying this shot booster, vaccine, whatever terminology you want to use for it, this is not the mark of the beast. It's not the mark of the beast. Whether you should get it or not and all that, that's a different conversation. It is not the mark of the beast. Because the mark of the beast is something that's going to be in this location, it will be in your right hand. And I was thinking about them, why right hand? And God was saying this, because your hand represents what you do. And your head represents what you think. And he said the strategy of the enemy is to control what you do and what you think. To have authority over what you do and authority over what you think. I know that sounds crazy like that would never happen in our day and time. But I'm telling you, this is the strategy of the enemy. So what this mark is, I don't know. I know where it's going to be. We'll talk about that more some other time. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Not able to buy or sell. Oh, this is some, this is some meat right here. That's why I'm taking a little bit of time. The mark of the beast. It says the mark, the name of the beast, or the number of his name. The mark or the name of the beast. Let's come back to that. Let's come back to that. Let me just go here. Yeah. I've heard this said. Because there is, you know, all this, uh, let's just talk about the pink elephant in the room. There's all this going on about is this shot the mark of the beast. And so people's like, should I get the shot or not get the shot? Get the shot. I'm just trying to be very clear. It's totally up to you. It really is. It's your call. Because I don't believe this shot is the mark of the beast. What it's saying here is I have never seen anything in my lifetime where there was a move towards something being the distinguishing thing before you can buy or sell. So do I think this, again, I'm trying to reiterate and give disclaimers because people get uptight about this stuff. This is not the mark of the beast. We are being conditioned for the mark of the beast. We are being programmed and prepared for a system that requires something before you can buy or sell. And I'll show you next week. I'll show you something. But anyway, so the buy, make, sure, make sure you know this. The buying or selling is not the issue. 
The buying or selling is not the main focus. The buying or selling is the bait. It's, it's the control factor. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. So people will say in that moment, well, I have to have my job. So, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Here's, here's what I thought about, because I've heard this. People say, Chad, I, I tell you what, I, I'll have no problem standing when it comes down to when it's really tomorrow. I'll have no problem saying no and standing up. Because I would never deny Jesus. I would never knowingly choose to worship the devil. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I, I believe you. But then God dropped this in my heart this week. I've never seen this in my life. I've been preaching for since I was 14 years old. And he said to me, and these thoughts came, he said, what do you think it's going to be like? I'm like, I don't know. He said, you, my people, he said, I want you to teach my people because my people have this picture, this image in their head, like it's a guy in a red suit with a sign over his head that says Satan and two lines, the guy over here is Jesus, and it says, you pick which line you want to go in. Do you want to bow down and worship me, or do you want to bow down and worship him? People have that idea like it's going to be that cut and dry, like it's going to be a UFO that comes down, or some kind of neon sign that lets them know it will not be like that. It's going to be deception on an all-time level that even the elect will depart from the faith how could they ever choose Satan? I would never do it. I would never do it. And then he took me to this. He, he highlighted this. He said, Chad, go to Genesis chapter 3. I knew what Genesis chapter 3 was. Adam and Eve and the serpent. He said, show me. Point to the words where Adam and Eve out of their mouth said, I choose Satan over God. Show it to me. I turned there. I'm reading I choose to worship Lucifer. I can't find. I renounce God. Never found it. What did I find? I found a God who said, "Don't do this." Then I found a cunning serpent who said, "But look at it. It's so good and desirable." It'll make you wise. God's holding out on you. He's not telling you the whole story. What I'm telling you is the truth. What God's telling you is a lie. Believe what I'm saying. And the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, Adam and Eve chose to obey Him instead of obeying God. And in that moment, they died. Hear the heart of heaven. It's not going to be a situation where it's so obvious that I'm going to say, I choose Satan. It's going to be that I choose to obey and yield and submit to another authority. That God will say to me, Chad, don't do it. And someone else says, but Chad, it's no big deal. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. And I'll go, well, okay. It's... It's only a little, I gotta, I gotta have my job. I, I gotta, I gotta be able to feed my kids. I gotta, you, 
I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to do it, but he's telling me, Chad, if you don't, who will? Who will say to my people, we will be deceived unless we know? This is not the grow the church type of sermon. This is not the pump up the crowd type of sermon. This is the fall on our face and say, Jesus, show me the way, the truth, and the life type of sermon. It's saying that there is a kingdom war, the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness, and we've got to be a light shining in the darkness. The Bible tells me in Daniel, oh, Jesus, shaking, I can't even turn my pages. He says, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise, talking about the last days, Daniel chapter 12, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. I don't know how this is going to play out, but I want you to be ready. If you're going to sit where I'm teaching, I'm going to bring it. I'm not going to bring it because I'm angry. I'm going to bring it because my heart is breaking. Because I, I hear God's heart saying, my children are deceived. They're deceived. They don't even know. They're not prepared. So prepare them. Get them ready. I'm going to have to answer. I'm going to say, did I prepare them for the last days or did I just try and grow the church and tell them nice, fuzzy things to make them feel better? No, I want to tell you there's an evil deceiver out in this world trying to steal, kill, and destroy, and we've got to buckle down. We've got to pray. We've got to open our Bibles. We've got to study. We've got to say, Lord, I want you to open my eyes. I'm not going to be a church consumer. I'm not just going to sit in here and check off a service. I'm going to give my heart to you. I'm going to give my life to you. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not looking for the easy way out. I'm not looking for the path of least resistance. I'm looking for whatever it takes to stand for Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.